0: Well, thank you so much, worship team, for leading us. Thank you, Nancy, for guiding us and what the kids have been learning and what we need to learn today. It fits so beautifully with our our series that we've been working through in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, please. Ecclesiastes, if you get to the middle of the Bible, Psalms or Proverbs, you're really close. Just go a little bit further towards the back. Then you'll find the book of Ecclesiastes or on your devices it's a whole lot easier to find. Just before we dive in, I did want to add my sincere appreciation to so many of you that helped love the community last night. uh, The families as they head into a school year again. It's a difficult season and I just want to say... To you, you help them have a spirit of anticipation and hope and excitement. So, whether you were swirling cotton candy, or whether you were setting up an inflatable, or whether you were manning a prize table, or whatever you did, wow, thank you. Thank you for that. It was time well spent, well invested. You're building bridges of love strong enough for us to carry the weight of the gospel. We're building trust. We're, we're, we're meeting needs, we're caring for people. Maybe for some people, maybe God's plan was simply that we provided their family with school supplies this year. Maybe that was all that he had in mind for that particular family. And you were faithful to that. Maybe there were some that this provision to them would cause them to, to maybe look up just a little bit sooner to someone greater than themselves, to the need of a, of a savior that can dramatically impact their life, and maybe this was just to cause them to look up sooner, and you were faithful to that, thank you, maybe, maybe there was some, who knows, maybe there was some that that was just what they needed to say, I'm in, I'm in, the things of Jesus, the radically changing lives, that's exactly what I need, Jesus I receive you. Maybe that was last night, right? We don't know. All we know is that's what God called us to do. He's got a plan for it, and you are faithful. So thank you so much, everybody, for all you did. And let's keep loving this community. Let's keep looking for ways to serve Jesus by serving people. That's what he called us to do, to to show mercy, to love kindness, and walk humbly with the Lord our God. And that's what we want to faithfully do here at Woodside Algonac. Thanks, too, for the backpacks you donated. Our little campus, uh, you, supplied, you supplied through your generosity about 130 backpacks, almost 150 backpacks. We were able to tithe from those and return about 10% of those backpacks to uh, the region of Pontiac through the Dream Centers of Michigan ministry that Woodside has. So thank you for impacting not just our local community but also joining with Woodside campuses and and supplying about 600 of the Pontiac students with school backpacks and supplies, praise God. And then last night, we were able to actually distribute almost 250 backpacks filled with school supplies to students here. So praise God. So good. So good. And God has something to say to us today. As we sang about, as the video portrayed, as God's word says, His word remains. It's here for us today. It's got something for you. So, whether you're a child of eight years old or whether you're an old dude like 80, uh, God has something for us today. Last week, my family was not here. Some of you were, and you wondered why in the world I skipped church. Well, You know, we had a family wedding on the other side of the state, and so we couldn't make it back in time. So thank you for that week of grace. (laughs) But while we were there, we visited with my brother. Uh, His house is right in the Rouge River uh, there in the Grand Rapids area. Um, And in the afternoon, we got the kayaks out, and we're getting ready to put them in the water. We're going to paddle upstream and then float downstream. And he, he took us aside and said, now, before you do this, You need to know when you come around this bend, stay to the left. The current's going to want to push you to the right, but there's all kinds of rocks here. It gets really shallow, and your trip will be over if you let the current push you to the right. So prepare when you come around this bend, stay to the left, paddle to the left. You can't just float. You've got to exert energy to paddle to the left so you can keep flowing. That's, in essence, the book of Ecclesiastes where somebody that's been here before says to everybody that reads this, just so you know, the current's gonna push you this way. And if you wanna find, as I found, a bunch of rocks that's gonna spoil your trip, then follow the current. But if you wanna experience the continued progress and joy in your journey, then you need to paddle to the left And fight against that current. Otherwise, you'll discover, as I did, that life is meaningless, it's empty, it's vanity of vanities. All is vanity. King Solomon has his musings of his life that are recorded for us here in this book of Ecclesiastes. Some of it is put in poetic prose, some of it is just a statement like you can see him writing his frustration. But it's his journey of life, it's his chronicle of his journey of life as he sought to find meaning in it. And as we've looked over the past five weeks, he pursued a lot of different things. He pursued learning and knowledge, He threw himself into books, into reading, into studying, into scholarly work, and he found in the end, after he studied all these things, he learned everything that there was possible to know. At that time, he said, my end result is that it's meaningless. So I'm smarter than somebody else. What's the matter? In the end, I still die. So he said, so I put my heart to accumulate lots of things. And so I accumulated gold and silver and precious things and and servants and soldiers and buildings and all these things. So I accumulated for myself as many toys as I could get. And I looked at all that I had accumulated and I realized it doesn't really matter because there's always a little bit more that I could try to get. So I... Decided to pursue accomplishment. So I engineered and designed and discovered and, and, and uh, investigated. What's the word? Invention. I invented all these things. I did all these things. I accomplished all these things. I had certificates on the wall. But I found as I looked at the wall, it doesn't really matter because... Though somebody might congratulate me at the beginning in a f- couple days, they forget. Then I realize there's more to engineer and to accomplish. And that thing that was new now isn't new anymore. So I concluded that life is meaningless. It's meaningless. Everything in life is meaningless. It's kind of a dark perspective on life. But the reality is it's a perspective that everyone comes to. When they try to live outside of the pursuit of God, outside of a recognition that there is our creator, there is a God who sovereignly reigns over the world. That if you reject that and pursue everything the world offers, It just leaves you empty. So Solomon says, so don't don't let the current pull you to the right because if you if you don't work against it, it will. So you got to paddle, and you got to make sure you're fighting against what current would take you where the rest of the world will go, and you got to make sure to stay to the left, pursue God, and you'll find that it's not a life of emptiness. That's his conclusion. We're going to turn to chapter 12 today. Chapter 12 is the end of the book. It's kind of the final word. When he looks at all that he had done, all that he experienced, he says, this is what I've learned in all my experience. Chapter 12. Let's read it. Let's read the first eight verses. He says, remember also your creator in the days of your youth Before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the windows are dimmed. And the doors of the street are shut, when the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way, and the almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Before the silver cord is snapped and the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. The first phrase of that chapter is his final answer. Remember your creator while you are young. And there's so much to say about that, but hold on because you won't understand it unless you understand his musings after it that caused him to come to that conclusion. So he, he spends this great deal of time in the amazing different phrases and word pictures that maybe confused you as we read it. He spends all this time addressing the question Is there any meaning to any of this? Is there any meaning to life? He says, before you get old, before you experience what everybody's going to experience, and then he goes on to these poetic expressions, you know, before your lights go dim, before your strength begins to falter. Before the sun and its brilliance sets in the west on your life. You know what he's getting at, right? Before your fountain of youth begins to dry up. Before the silver cord is broken. Maybe you've heard that phrase. Before the golden pitcher is shattered. What do you think he's talking about? Death. Before you die... Learn this. (laughs) He's giving that idea that, you know what? We're all going to go through that. Here's the journey of life in a nutshell. You're born very weak. And then over the course of several years, you get very strong. And then in the course of several years, you get very weak. And you die. And all God's people said, amen. <laughs> amen. And you guys, we're, we're all in various stages of that. All right, for so many years, we felt like, yeah, I don't know why people get weak. Why don't you just keep working out? Stay active. You'll always stay strong until you get to that place where it doesn't matter what you do. You still start losing your strength. So you have this season where you're increasing strength. Solomon says, okay. Wherever you are, before you get any older, here's what you gotta do. Because you're gonna get weak, you're gonna get old, your time is getting shorter on this earth. So before any more days go, here's what you gotta remember. Because the truth is, you're gonna get old wrinkly. Things are going to stop working. You're going to say, why does this hurt all the time? You're going to say, why can't I lift that anymore? Why do I have to call for help? I used, used to be, why doesn't anybody else call me for help now? That's going to be you someday. But here's the thing. God never intended for it to be like that. That's why you have this feeling in your heart, why is it? I don't like it. I don't like it. My my mom says, and she said it several times, we keep saying it. Mom, stop saying that. She says, don't get old. What are you saying? What's the alternative? She's not wishing that for me, is she? No, she's just saying, this isn't fun. This part of life is difficult. It grieves us because it shouldn't be. There's something in us that says it shouldn 't be like this. Parents, when your kids get sick, there's something in you that says, "Why? It shouldn 't be." And here 's the cool thing: God never created it to be like that. He never created your kids to get sick. He never created your parents to get old. That 's why it grieves our hearts so much because that was never what He intended. I love the Woodside Kids ministry. Thank you so much for your parents for taking your kids there. Thank you for so many of you who are serving in Woodside Kids. In Woodside Kids, they share the gospel consistently. And when I say the gospel, I mean the good news of God's story. So the kids can understand the world as it was intended to be understood. Not the way the culture is trying to communicate to them what the world is like, but how God created the world. And in this story of the gospel, there's key points that the Woodside kids continue to help our kids understand. One of those main points is that God rules over the world. That's a foundational truth. In fact, they, they've made this little, this little figure, this icon to remind the kids. They, they remind them of that often, that, that very important gospel truth that God rules over the world. He created it. It's his And the Bible teaches us that God created the world good, where there is no death, no sickness, no growing weak. It was a consistent environment of health and prosperity and goodness. But there's another aspect to the story of the world as God rules over it, and that's illustrated by this little symbol that typically reminds us that something's wrong. Right. That truth is that we sinned, though God created the world in perfection, created Adam and Eve to be the first humans. He told them, everything in this world is for your enjoyment. You'll find your source for everything in me. And they decided, we're going to look somewhere else than you, rebelled against God. They sinned. And because of that sin, sin entered the world, death by sin, death now reigns over all of us. That death brought trouble. Sin brings trouble. The reason we get old and weak is because of sin. And Solomon, as he observed the world, trying to look at the world outside of God, trying to look at the world under the sun and say, where can I find meaning apart from God? Maybe it's in things. No, the things break. And people steal them. Maybe it's in knowledge. No, because there's always more to know. Maybe it's in accomplishment. No, because people forget. And it doesn't really matter in the end. Because we all die. Solomon says, a life pursued like the culture calls us to is meaningless. So he says to us, when you're paddling down the river... Of your life, you come around the bend, while you're still paddling, while you still have strength, while you're not shattered like a golden canister, a pitcher of water, and while you still have strength, remember your creator. He helps us, number two, to understand that God brings everything under his judgment Verse 13, he says, the end of the matter is this. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. He says, here's the end. This is the conclusion. This is the big finish to my pursuit of what life is all about. He says, here's the big idea. God, Is life. Here's what I found the big idea of my understanding what life is all about. The reality is that life comes from God. If I want to experience true life of meaning in this world, I find it in God. If I want to find true meaning in the pursuit of accomplishments, I pursue God and accomplish these things for His glory. That God is life. God created me is what he's saying with a very special purpose. He says, fear God and keep his commandments. Number one, for this is the whole duty of man. Why do we fear God and keep his commandments? Well, because that's why we were created. It's the whole duty of man. It's why we were made to honor and worship God. It's this it's his purpose. We're created in God's image so we would rightly reflect him. Secondly, he said, it's not only that this is your purpose, it's secondly, it's you're going to be accountable to him. Solomon doesn't understand it fully, but he grasped this idea that all of us are going to stand before God because God rules over the things of the world. All things are in subjection to God. So all of us are going to give an account to God, And as you continue to read the scriptures, as God continues to reveal truth to humanity through the, through the scripture, we see that that is so very true. That every single one of us will have a time where we stand before God and give an account. We stand in judgment. Now the Bible, as I understand it, teaches two different types of judgments. One is there's a judgment of condemnation or a final judgment. This is a judgment that Jesus will give as all people that have rejected him would stand before him one by one, and he would pronounce on them their condemnation or their punishment because they refuse to acknowledge him as Lord. Some places of scripture call this the great white throne judgment where all the deeds of every person will be revealed to show as evidence that they have rejected Jesus. They never put their trust in him. And because they never put their faith and trust in Jesus, they would be condemned for all of eternity to spend that existence away from the presence of God in the lake of fire. There's a second judgment this judgment, as I understand the scripture, the judgment seat of Christ, is that judgment of believers. So if you place your faith in Jesus, you don't have to fear standing before God and hoping that you did enough good things so you don't spend eternity away from him. You don't have to fear that. You know why? Because your faith is in the work of Jesus as God provided him for your salvation and Jesus offers salvation to you through his death and resurrection. That's what the icons here are for, is how God has given, right, God gave? God gave his son, Jesus. And Nancy? God provided. God provides his son, and Jesus gave his life for us. I get those two mixed up all the time. I need to go to Woodside Kids more often, I think. God provides his son, And Jesus gives his life for us. So we don't have to fear that judgment of God. All our sins have already been judged by Jesus on the cross. If you place your faith in that, all your sin was put on Jesus on the cross. That's paid for. Yet you still will give an account for how you live your life as a believer. You might spend forever with Jesus in heaven because your sins have been forgiven, but Scripture says that at the judgment seat of Christ, all your deeds that you've done for him will be purified to see if it was truly done for him or if it was done for yourself. If it was done, if it's, if it's service of worthiness or unworthiness. So our works will be revealed. We'll give an account before God. Solomon, in his musings, concludes this. While you're young, fear God. Don't be afraid of him. It's not not fear and trembling and staying away from him. It's that fear of reverence and honor and worship. So fear God. Keep his commandments because his way is right. His way is true. His way is perfect. So follow his path. Why? Because that's why you're created. And secondly, you'll give an account for it. So you're created for this. And then you take this this filter and then you go back through Solomon's life and you see Solomon seeking to find meaning in his work. And you see that, well, Solomon, if you'd have put God first while you were young, if you would have kept him at the center of your life and would have worked from under that umbrella, you would have found meaning. Some of you, I, I love hearing your stories I love visiting in your workplace. For instance, my mother in law and father in law are with us this week, and I heard Nanny tell of when early on in her life, in that first job, when she was hired in the sewing factory, and, and how she worked for a buck fifty an hour. But she got paid a little extra. Why? Because she was so fast at sewing. And, and now, when she fixes our clothes or hems our pants or whatever we see that oh we're glad you did that years ago because now you know how to do that and we don't have to know because we got nanny to hem our pants right there's joy in that I love going to see Joe Johnston It is his door shop and I you know he's he sells doors and hardwares and all such kind of things have you ever seen Monsters Inc right with all those doors flowing through that's that's Joe he works there Yep, there's all kinds of doors and hardware and things. It was fun to hear how he enjoys the process and people he works with introduces me, co-workers. It's cool. Went to Bill Stewart's place to see that robotics place. All these things. It's so cool to find meaning in work when God is at the center. It's great to spend time together, enjoying. Some of you love to fish. Some of you invited me along. I love that. Thank you to see the enjoyment of those pleasures and those pursuits. And there truly is pleasure there when you have God at the center of your life and it becomes a means to celebrate him and enjoy him. But here's the problem. We tend to place those things first. We put God off to the side And then we begin to conclude, so what's the point? Go to work every day. becomes drudgery. I do these things, and it's not enough. I accumulate this, and it's not enough. Why? Because that's become primary. So Solomon says to us, while you're young, remember your creator. Put him first. Now some of you are saying, Brats. I'm not young anymore. No, 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 no. Get what he's saying. In a week from now, we'll be younger. will you be younger or older? Thank you. You'll be older. So while you're young, remember your creator. You might be 80 years old in six months. Next month, you're going to be 80 years old in seven months. So while you're young, put him first. No matter where you're at, some of you are students, some of you are going into your, your next school year, can we urge you from the testimony of Solomon, put Jesus first. If you go into this school year with all your goals and ambitions and all those things, and G- if Jesus is not first, you're going to come to the end of the year, you're going to have another year where it's drudgery and where it's meaningless. But when Jesus is first, you'll find meaning, and you'll find joy. Not that there won't be drudgery, because remember, the world has fallen. People have sinned. I'm not saying, guys, that you'll never have days of work where you just think, oh, I can't wait till I retire. Yeah, work has some drudgery to it, but when you can keep Jesus first in your life, when he becomes your pursuit, you can go into those seasons with joy trumping the drudgery. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. And that's one reason why Christians gather together. That's one reason I want to say to you, as your fall get, schedule gets going again, don't let the gathering of, for worship become secondary in your life. We need that reminder to come together and remind ourselves what's first and who's First. That's why we encourage everybody here in our ministry to become part of a life group because you're going to need people around you. You're going to go through seasons where that weakness and that aging or sickness hits your life and you're going to need encouragement and support from others. Now's the time to invest in that so those relationships are there. Other people are going to need it from you. We're going to need God's word during the week where we can study it together to keep our focus right. Student ministry that's going to be kicking up here in just a few weeks. You're going to need one another to come together because your challenges as students, as middle school and high school students, is very unique. You need others that are walking with you in the journey for Jesus. Kids, you're going to wake up and there's going to be temptations where you're going to say to mom and dad, Do we have to go today? I'm so tired. And I just want to remind you, as your pastor, you need that. You need times where you come together in Woodside Kids environment where you can learn the good news of Jesus and it can provide you that priority in life. Raise your hand if you are younger today than you will be next week. Can I see your hand? Are you younger today than you will be next week? Let me see your hand. Beautiful. This passage then is for you remember your creator fear God and keep his commandments the current's pushing downstream it's going to push you to the rocks it does to everybody that's not intentionally seeking to follow Jesus so paddle to the left paddle to Jesus make him your pursuit and you'll enjoy the journey let's pray Father, thank you for giving us truth and examples in Scripture, even some examples of people that walked the wrong road, those that failed badly. And Lord, we can learn from them, and we can prevent pain in our life because we follow the truth. Father, forgive us for the times we've put the wrong things first, for the seasons of life where we've forgotten about you, Forgive us for making much out of little things. And we want to just recommit ourselves in this moment, Lord, to pursuing you above all else. We want to remember you, Lord, in every moment of our day. We want to honor, acknowledge you as king of our lives each and every day. So, Father, stir in us. Again, that flame that can burn brightly, that flame of life, so we can follow hard after you. Lord, you're worthy of all of our worship. You're worthy of all of our praise. You created our world. It's yours. You've created us in your image so we could know you. And Lord, we want to give our lives to you. Even as we sing this song of worship and praise and response, Lord, I pray it be worship of commitment and surrender and consecration to you. So fill this place with your presence as we honor you in song. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.